Here we go. History in the making. Kevin Harvick gets ready to say goodbye. Kyle Larson gets ready to head to Indy. And Jimmy Johnson does a reversal. Hi, this is Brett McMillan. You're listening to the Riley Auto Parts Pit Reporters. With me this week, Jim Utter of Motorsport.com and Jeff Hammond from SiriusXM NASCAR Radio. It's the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network. Presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, here's your host, Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome to the show. Glad to have Jeff and Jim here. The offseason disappeared. Wow. <laughs> the slow offseason, gone. Yeah. All of a sudden, it became, man, news after news after news, and here we are. Uh, let's start off with the Kevin Harvick thing, Jim. And that, I don't, I wasn't surprised to hear that he's announced that 2023 will be his last year. I mean, we knew that he would announce something before Daytona, that it came in the middle of January. It was a little bit of a surprise, but I'm not surprised that he's announced this will be his last season. No, I mean, all signs, he actually said this today uh, in, a, in a conversation that we had with him, that all for him, all signs pointed to 2023. And in general, in my opinion, all the other all signs outside pointed to 2023. I mean, we all knew he was in the last year of his uh, current contract. There'd been no public discussions about whether uh, him interested in re-upping other than a brief mention by Gene Haas that he might try to talk him into it. Uh, I mean, so I, I think everybody, I, mean, I think most people kind of figured it would be. Uh, and he did say towards, I think it was uh, at the banquet that, he it was only it would only be fair to his team and um if he let everybody know before the season started so i mean given all that no i don't think it was a, a surprise it's still the funny thing was is with the instant reaction that you saw made people made me gave me the impression that that so some people thought like that's it he's done he's still got a whole another year to race i mean that's there's still a lot on that he could achieve I guess he will not be doing like another driver that we all are very familiar with. He will not have his people calling ahead to tracks asking what they'll be giving him. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think it's going to be the case when it comes to Kevin. But you know, the thing is, um, I, I find it funny sitting here listening with you guys. That's probably one of the worst kept secrets in the garage here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's known that Kevin and the way he's his mindset is, he was already planning an escape. Many years ago, he had he has probably one of the most uh, planned out drivers that I've been, ever been around. Very methodical. Uh, when he got rid of his you know Xfinity team back a few years ago and the truck teams, and everything that he did was with a purpose, thinking about my exit plan. You know, I want to get rid of everything that's going to be a distraction or a draw as far as my my earnings that I have made driving race cars and my business interests have got to be something that's going to keep generating money, not taking money away and creating more headaches for me. So, um, yeah, I'm excited that he's, you know, announced it finally and everybody can kind of wrap their brains around it because to watch this guy drive the race car like he does. I mean, last year I feel like it was somewhat of a comeback year because after his not having a win the year before and getting a couple of back-to-back wins in this new car, it just shows once again – even at 47 years of age, he, man's got a lot of talent, a lot of de- determination, and I look for him to do big things this year and make a lot of noise. I don't be one bit surprised if he doesn't wind up in Phoenix when it's all said and done because I think the combination of himself along with Rodney Childers and everybody you know, working on that four-card SHR, they are really going to be geared up to have a really consistent and productive year. 
Well, and we've all seen Kevin Harvick mature into a, not only a, you know as an individual, but as a father. And I know I've had a number of conversations with him, just you know, kind of brief conversations behind the stage and driver introductions about you know his family. And this has become Jim very important to him. And Keelan's getting his own little racing career going. And it's I know that Kevin has been bothered at times that he's been missing some of his events. And this is going to be an opportunity for Kevin to be around for a lot more of that. Absolutely. But at the same time, uh, I, I think Jeff is right when he talks about he's that Kevin has been one of the most like planned out people. But I think the same is true as I think he uh, and he talked about that a little bit in our conversation about after racing as well. You have Keelan, who's embarked on his own racing career, um, now racing some in Europe. Uh, you know, just 10 years, 10 years old, turn 11 this year. You have, uh, obviously Kevin has, uh, already done and expressed interest in doing some NASCAR television. We just learned right before his announcement that he and Dale Jr. and Jeff Burton and Justin Marks had purchased the cars tour and he has a late model car that he's, that he's, uh, working in his, um, uh, in his uh, gr- garage and probably go to run some this year. So I think he has a lot uh, on his plate and I don't expect he'll slow down one bit. He'll just be doing different things. Yep. I mean, and that's one thing, Jeff, that you talk about, you know, it's yeah. He will not be sitting around uh, twiddling his thumbs. No, he won't be doing that. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a consummate businessman. I mean, he, he's got a lot of irons in the fire and I think that, he and Rodney Childers almost kind of like tipped their hands when they built that, you know, late model car. <laughs> I think that they were trying to, you know, not only, you know, uh, satisfy some of Rodney's needs, but the, the fact that, you know, Kevin enjoys dabbling. I mean, he's, he announced, you know, here this, uh, this recently today about the SRX deal. Yeah. He's going to run he's gonna, two oh, of the yes. SR, yeah, he's two gonna, SR, He's going to run some of those, races. you know, yeah. so he, uh, is, is already thinking about what am I going to do? What can I do? as I move forward and that is to experiment and enjoy. He, I, I think that he is going to follow in the same footsteps as his good friend and his, and his owner, Tony Stewart. I mean, he's going to look and see, you know, what have I never done that maybe I want to do once I quit having to be at the racetrack every week. I think that we may, he may surprise a lot of us. I don't think he's going to run off and drive an Indy car, but I could see him in a 24 hour race you know, maybe at Lamar or definitely down at Daytona. I could see him, you know, maybe getting a uh, group of guys that is having some fun and go run some late model races or like, you know, Dale Jr. does right now. And I think a lot of this may be, you know, preparing for the future for his son. You know, give him, have, some, have something already set with guys that are organized to where they can put him in this race car and see if he really does have the talent to move on. Because, you know, you got to understand, Putting a kid in a car at 14, 12, 14 years old in a late model is not unheard of in the United States anymore. And I think as you look at him, I mean, I think his legacy is obviously secure in this sport. Uh, I think there's no doubt he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, he's got almost 60 wins. He's got a championship. You know, and you look at his resume, and it, it's, you know, it, it, it's there. All the, all the, you know, you checks all the boxes when you really come right down to it. And the question is now, you know, can he walk off, do a walk-off championship? Well, I mean, he. The, 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 yes, I think he can. Maybe it's will he. 
<laughs> well, the que- to That's me, to me though, it's like well, with the system in place, it's kind of hard to predict that probably even more than ever before. But if there was one person, as Jeff mentioned, the competitive fire, he's never lacked for competitive fire. Uh, I think they turned, they showed that they turned the corner last year that on their performance, uh, them specifically, and maybe even uh, the organization in general. And I certainly think that if there was any, you know, any, there's no question of motivation between him and Rodney Childers. And to me, the most interesting aspect of this whole thing is the fact that we still have a whole season of racing left to watch Kevin Harvick knowing that he is, this is it. And I think that that just in that situation, it might be one of the few opportunities I've seen since I've been covering NASCAR 20-some years in actually seeing somebody do that sort of thing that you talked about, like a walk-off type of performance and just say, you know, uh, boom, there goes the home run. Thank you very much. I'll see you all in the grandstands next week. Yeah, drop the mic, out of here. Well, I think anytime you can sit the stage like this, and it's, it's a great opportunity for all of us to do so. I mean, in our position as media, I mean, this is a golden opportunity to sit this guy up because there was a lot of people a year ago that were pretty much saying, ah, you know, Harvick's washed up. He can't win races, blah, blah, blah. He he'll, he'll hate this car, da, da, da. But the thing is, the competitiveness of him is what keeps him from, from not excelling. I mean, it, he, he works his way right through it. I think that it was such an ultimate challenge for a lot of people, but I think he and Rodney Childers, they got it figured out. It wasn't a great year for Ford overall, but he was able to contribute and with two big wins, which you, you know boosted his career and I think you know got a lot of um, a motivation going into 2023 as far as Stuart Haas is concerned. So I really believe that when we get to Daytona, we're going to get a better idea of exactly where they are with their program. I think that Ford understanding how important it would be for them not only to win another championship, just like it did this past year with Joey Logano, but to win it with someone like Kevin Harvick would be a feather in their cap that would, would resonate for years to come. So don't be surprised if they don't put a little extra effort in that four car to make sure that he's definitely got everything he needs. Yeah, going to be an interesting year, to say the least. All right, when we come back, we've got another guy who's going to attempt the Indy 500, Coca-Cola 600 double. Not this year. He's planning ahead for 2022, 2024. We'll talk about that when we come back. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. Brett McMillan returns with his guests in just a moment. This is PRN, 
the Performance Racing Network. Start your engine! Justine in turn one drives it in deep to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll slide up in front of William by rewind now down the back stretch into the bottom of three. Side by side down the front stretch. One lap to go here in Vegas. Larson with a nose out in front of Bowman down the Nellis straightaway. They stay door to door side by side. Bowman at the bottom. He slides up in front of Larson. Larson with the crossover. He's out of time. Here goes Ross Chastain. He's going to the bottom of the racetrack. Now we've got a half dozen cars sliding through the infield rash. Noah Gregson is spun, but they are still side by side for the lead. Almond Digger's got the advantage on the inside of the turn three. When the NASCAR Cup Series races at Las Vegas, Atlanta, Circuit of the Americas, Bristol, Dover, Charlotte, Sonoma, Nashville Super Speedway, New Hampshire, and Texas, it's right here on PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Almond Digger gets jumped out of the way by Kevin Harvick. Harvick goes to P1 with every. Check out all of our show pages on GoPRN.com to find archive shows and more. Now, back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome back along with Jeff Hammond from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio and Jim Utter from Motorsport.com. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. Uh, all right, Kyle Larson announced last week that he will drive the Indy 500 and Coke 600 on the same day in 2024. It's going to be a... Hendrick Motorsports McLaren effort, and there's going to be Hendrick, what is it, HendrickAuto.com or Hendrick, Hendrick whatever, HendrickCars.com on it. Yeah, and you know we've seen already, we've seen uh, Robbie Gordon to do it, John Andretti do it, uh, Kurt Busch did it, Tony Stewart's done it. So he's going to put his name on that list, Jeff, and it's 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 quite a feat. It's I mean, first of all, the logistics that go into it are amazing. And any kind of rain delay at Indy really puts your your back against the wall. It, it does, but at that point in time, you know, you may have to, you know, you know, cut your losses and realize that I want to come back and run the cup race more so than I want to be up here at Indy. I don't know. I think the biggest thing is it gives him enough time. Everybody says, well, why are they doing this? I mean, there's a lot probably behind the scenes reasons. But you think about it like this too, Jim gives him a little bit of time to sneak off and test one of these cars and yeah. get a little more acclimated to it rather than just getting in the month of may and all of a sudden i've got to go to indy pass my rookie test get comfortable in one of these cars so that extra year he may sneak off up there this year during indy and maybe get some runs in you just you never know about someone like this or the planning they've got going on i mean i think that'd be a good idea personally i mean if you're going to go all in do it the right way uh because he's, I don't believe he's ever been in an IndyCar. I don't think he in has. In any way, mm -hmm. shape, or form. I think so. So, I mean, that would give him a perfect opportunity. But, uh, you know, uh, the, besides that, this, this the early announcement kind of caught everybody by surprise. Not, again, not that he's been said that he, in the past, that he'd be interested in doing that. Uh, Rick Hendrick has certainly shown in the last couple of years he's much more open to allowing his cup drivers to venture out side of different types of racing uh which for a long time he really wasn't and um and the other thing is i wonder if the the kind of alliance that's being put together to form this team mclaren with hendrick is a one-off or could it be something signaling more 
of uh, Hendrick Motorsports' uh, involvement in other forms of racing down the road, sort of like the Penske organization, how they, you know, vet, uh, are participate in so many different types of motorsport series. I wonder if uh, uh, the Larson and IndyCar combined with the work that Hendrick's already doing on the um, Garage 56 program with Le Mans kind of is opening door for them to venture into more series. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. The one question I have as we look at this, though, Jeff, from a handling standpoint, we see Kyle Larson. We know Kyle Larson likes a loose race car and all this open-wheel stuff he's been driving. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it tends to be extremely loose and handling that. These Indy cars aren't loose. High downforce. This is a opposite of, of what he's used to, of what he seems to do well at. Well, I think like anything else, and this this is where having a relationship with Rick Hendrick, which AKA leads right into Jimmy Johnson. I mean, he's got somebody he can go sit down to down with and pick his brain. I mean, you can talk to a lot of different drivers, but you got a guy that's been in cup cars and drove Indy cars this past year. And he can get a lot of insight as far as I think what to anticipate and what he needs to work on. And as I said earlier, I think having this extra year, making this kind of announcement, making this kind of commitment, will give him more of an opportunity that when you, you see him or hear about him testing at some place in an Indy car, it's not anything more than helping him get confidence and understanding what it takes to drive one of these cars. I've never had a problem with this. I mean, I always think it's good for, for both sports. It's the old saying that, you know, the rising tide raises all boats, Jim. To me, hey, I think it's great. It's going to be, you know, it's going to peak interest for both series to watch this happen. I mean, nobody has, you know, I mean, you know, Kurt Busch had a heck of a run going at Indy the year he did it. Uh, Tony Stewart was able to complete both races. And I, I never remember, I'll never forget seeing him out of the car here at the 600 after he did it. He was just absolutely shot physically. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I agree with you. I Crossover motorsports things, I think, always are extremely popular. They're extremely popular uh, when it comes to stories on our website when different people venture off to even visit a NASCAR driver visits F1 or vice versa uh, or a car swap. Um, the, I think most people would probably in general don't have a problem with it uh, until you get to that point where if someone gets hurt and then it, and then the, then the questions start arising about, well, what is somebody's priority, you know, um, or what should be somebody's priority. But uh, in other words, in, in, in any other case, I agree with you. I think it go, does good for all motorsports and I wish more people would kind of look at the bigger picture and stop like compartmentalizing all you know all the types of things that people do and say you know uh nascar doesn't need people to do this or the F f1 doesn't need people to do this and just look at it in a bigger picture and as you said you know it's good for everybody if the more exposure everyone gets well we know that kyle bush has made no secret of the fact that he would love to do the the double one day mm -hmm. is he the next one on the list and who else do you think would love to try it and that's really a good question, uh, Brett, because of the fact that so many more people, when they're, when they're reading history books, think about it like this. I was listening to you guys banner back and forth. A.J. Foyt, Gordon Johncock, Mario Andretti. I mean, a lot of these the answers. You go down through here, 
And what happens is when you really look back at history, a lot of the indie guys came here first mm-hmm. before we went there. Yeah. yeah. Donnie Allison, Bobby Allison, Kel Yarborough, they, they ran Indy. My point is great race car drivers. They want to be multifaceted. They want to know, they want to show I can run with, with the big dogs up here. I can go up here against AJ Foyt, Mario Andretti at Indianapolis and hold my own. I can come down here and race against Richard Petty and David Pearson and hold my own and beat them. And that, that's, that's part of what makes these men who they are. And I, I really applaud the ones who are willing to go out there and, and stand on that edge and kind of defy danger and, and, and all the stuff that goes with driving fast race cars in scary situations, no matter whether they're stock cars or Indy cars. And I think that, you know, Kyle will do one, do well there. I mean, I just, only thing disappointing about Jimmy Johnson was I wanted him to do better, but I, I got the ultimate respect for him for how he approached it. Very philosophical and methodical, but I'd like to see him, you know, get that. I would like to have seen him get a win. Let's put it that way. Cause I think that puts him in that category of an AJ Foyt and a Mario Andretti. Do you think, how do you, I mean, I don't know, but how, how do you think people like A.J. Foyt were uh, received when they, like, as, as you mentioned, I think most people don't even realize that a lot of people from that side came to NASCAR first to try stuff other than vice versa. How were they, when they weren't, uh, were they perceived as outsiders? No, they were, they were perceived as men that could get it done. And, you know, I'll point out real quick. You think the Wood Brothers would have put somebody behind the wheel of that 21 car if they couldn't win? And what did he do in the 21 right. car? He won. I mean, he, he has led races, you know, driving for guys like Jack Bowsher, uh, Holman and Moody. I mean, you go down the list of the people that he drove for, and it's a who's who of car owners. I mean, he everybody recognized the talent of AJ. I mean, Gordon Johncock drove for, for Junior Johnson. You know, just you go around and you look at the different drivers that were good in IndyCar that migrated down here and ran, you know, a handful of races. And when I say that, I mean upwards to 20 races in stock cars during their career. And it's when I read the history book, you know, AJ drove for the Wood Brothers and then he went back to IndyCar racing when the month of May came along. Otherwise, you know, they'd have probably kept him in his car all season. So, I really believe that great race car drivers wind up in great race cars and they showcase their talents. Well, and you know, Mario Andretti came down here and ran. I mean, all these, all those guys came down here and ran because they, the schedules allowed them to do that. Well, that, and plus a lot of the people that they were involved with wanted them to, I mean, Ford wanted Mario Andretti in that car. I mean, Jake Elder was the crew chief on it. And in turn, they come down, one and done, took the, took the trophy to the house. Well, the Wood Brothers went to Indy and showed up how to do a pit stop. That's right. <laughs> it's so, true, yeah. That's so, right. It, it's amazing. Uh, when we come back, I want to kind of tap into that because it leads on to Travis Pastrana, who has spent some time in NASCAR in the past. He's going to now attempt the Daytona 500. He ran a full season, as a matter of fact, a partial season and a full season in the Xfinity Series. So he has experience in NASCAR. He's also run of the trucks. He's going to attempt the Daytona 500 for 2311, and it's been an interesting dichotomy listening to people react to this, and we'll talk about that when we come back. Grind. 
friction, wear, destructive words when it comes to an engine. Adding Z-Max Microlubricant to your oil and fuel allows it to soak into metal to disperse harmful carbon deposits. You wouldn't wax a car with dirt on it. Don't run your engine without Z-Max. Help improve performance, reduce emissions, extend engine life, and improve fuel mileage with Z-Max Microlubricant. Get Z-Max today at ZMAX.com or your local auto parts store. Hi, I'm PRN's Alexis Eric. Want to listen to PRN anywhere you go? By downloading the PRN mobile app, you can listen to live race broadcasts and have on-demand access to your favorite shows like Fast Talk, Pit Reporters, Garage Pass, and PRN's At The Track. Download today to make sure you don't miss any of the action. Get the latest racing information at your fingertips with the PRN mobile app available on Apple App Store and Google Play. Find more information at goprn.com. There's more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters still to come. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. I'm Paul Shad in Charlotte with Kathy Martindale in Nashville here on Z-Max Racing Country. Going to Nashville, Kathy and Thomas Ray. Dirk Bentley said that your album blew his mind. That's probably one of the highest compliments you could get. Yeah, if Dirk likes it, then you know that hopefully some people are going to like it. We're so proud of bringing you the best singers in country music and the biggest stars in NASCAR. Z-Max Racing Country. From the Granite State of New Hampshire down through North Carolina and all the way to California, the Speedway Motorsports Incorporated footprint is truly national. That's your engine! This is Bristol. Hey, drivers, light these bad boys up! From zero to wow. We've got a car in trouble, and that guys will bring out a caution. Fans are on their feet. SMI action is never-ending. Check us out on YouTube at GoPRN Live. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome back. Well, I'm with Jim Hunter from Motorsport.com. Jeff Hammond from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. We're talking about going into the break. Travis Pastrana, who is just as, as well known as anybody in, in kind of X game type sports, is going to come and attempt to run the Daytona 500 for 2311 Racing. And it's been interesting, Jim, to hear a lot of a lot of NASCAR fans are highly upset about this, that they don't feel like he should be able to come in here and just try to run the Daytona 500. But these are also the same people that think it's a great idea for Kyle Larson to go over and run the Indy 500. <laughs> go well, figure. Consistency has never been one of the strong points of, of uh, fandom in, in NASCAR. I mean, you know, from my perspective, um, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised because obviously it was, Travis is a guy who had long, uh, even when he uh, did his Xfinity program and uh, has done some trucks, has wanted to, uh, as Jeff pointed out, wanted to see what he was made of in NASCAR, you know, and what's the biggest race in NASCAR than the Daytona 500? Um, From that perspective, I'm not surprised. I was a little surprised that, I mean, part of this is, is that we there's a process involved which has never been made extremely clear to anyone uh about being approved 
And the last time that Travis ran a super speedway race was in 2013. And he's never uh, run in a cup car on a track and particularly not a next gen car. And, you know, there's to talk about whether, well, how can you be approved? And there was some discussion with Jennifer Joe Cobb in the last few years and which they said, you're not just automatically approved once you're approved once. Um, so I don't know. And, uh, maybe he could end up doing a test. Um, but in any case he has run at Daytona and Talladega before, although it's been about a decade, but, um, it'll be interesting because if they're the one thing that it does help is Toyota, who always seems to be at a numbers disadvantage when we get to these super speedway races lately, which have more and more become sort of manufacturer group shows, um, in dictating the outcome. And if anybody needs some assistance in that regard, it's certainly Toyota. Well, and Jeff, one of the things Denny Hamlin said in getting this third car ready for Pastrana to run at Daytona is it, you know, they've been wanting to have a third car ready anyway for any opportunities Kurt Busch might want to have over the course of this season. Well, all those things may factor in, but going back to what Jim was, you know, pointing out, you know, there is a lot to be questioned and wonder about when it comes to how NASCAR as well as 2311 arrived at Travis Pastrana and they, you know, rubber stamped and said, okay, yeah, he, he can do this. And to the best of my knowledge, that's the way I read the release. Correct. Yes. So, um, here again, let me point out one thing, guys. We normally think about, well, you need to get a guy on the racetrack to make sure he, he can handle it. You ever give a consideration with today's simulators, what they can do to a driver, what they can do for a driver. It's not just one driver hitting his marks, getting around a racetrack, you know, to get speed out of a car. They can put multiple cars out there and put them in situations and at least give some kind of a, uh, an experience to where it's not going to be when he gets to the one fifties, all of a sudden, you know, he, Oh, I've never, I don't know. I don't know what's going on out here. So I think that's one thing we overlook is the opportunity to do something like that. And also for them to have a realization test, you know, Talladega's over there and it's available. If NASCAR feels like that's something that they need to do, uh, they probably would grant permission to run a few laps in an environment like that. As long as they're not testing at Daytona, allowing them to run some laps at Talladega so he at least knows what it feels like. That's uh, just my per my perspective. Well, and the thing is, I mean, we talked about it a lot in the last segment. There was a time in this sport where it was not unusual to have interlopers, for lack of a better term, come <laughs> in from, you know, the Mario Andretti's, the AJ Foyt's, for other guys like that to come in for the big race, for the great American race. And not, not that Travis Pastrana's on their level as far as a four-wheel driver goes, but to have guys come in like that for these races and have a chance to win. I don't know that I don't, I honestly don't believe that Travis Pastrana has a chance to win the Daytona 500 if he makes the show and he's got to make the show still, but this is not an unusual happening or did not use it would, you know, 20, 25 years ago, this would not have been an unusual happening. No. And, and to be honest, I mean, I, you know, the, the, the current concerns that I have are more about like, uh, how, people have been approved in the past and, and, and whatever. But the fact that there seem to be a, uh, a bunch of people who just don't think he should be running 
I mean, it seems to me like 10 years ago when his name first popped up, uh, it was everybody was excited about the fact that he was going to participate in NASCAR because it was, again, a great crossover opportunity of, uh, you know, X Games star and NASCAR attracting uh, new, younger fans. Uh, granted, that was 10 years ago, but, I mean, it's just funny to me how the pendulum seems to swing back and forth sometimes. It's hard to keep up what what uh, the reasons for why people do or don't want someone to be in. But, I mean, like you said, he's got to make the field. And if you make the field, uh, if you're fast enough, you know, then you made the race. There are not many that, there, there are not that many open spots, and another guy that's going to have to make it is Jimmy Johnson. Well, and I think the other thing is when we talk about spots, you know, we got a 36 car field with, you know, potential of being 40 and those extra four spots. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to have to be, you know, raced in, but we, we're not talking about having 50 or 60 cars like we did years ago. And the intensity that you get into when you do go run the qualifying race is a little bit different. I think the quality of the car, his teammates working with him and him being able to maybe listen and pay attention. And the same thing goes for Jimmy. They should be able to get these two guys into the 500 like they both want to. And some of the other guys are going to wind up suffering the consequences because, well, people are not as much worried about them as they are these two superstars, which will definitely put TV, I mean, put people butts in the seat come uh, the running of the 500. Now, I want to go back one other thing and give you, a, again, a history reminder. We talk about approvals and not having approvals. Let's don't forget, at one time, you had to get approved to race at Darlington. And that means everybody that showed up, including A.J. Foyt, were rookies at that racetrack for the first time, had to prove to Richard Petty, Daryl Waltrip, and other people up there watching them go around the racetrack that they could nav navigate that racetrack safely so that they could race efficiently. So it's, this is not something that you know we need to, I think, get too concerned about because NASCAR's got a lot of years of looking at what their uh, – their idea is as far as somebody who's safe inside of a race car and being able to pay attention to what goes on. If you can listen to your spotter and control your race car, they're probably going to be looking at somebody like Travis Pastrana saying, we'll approve you for those reasons. Cause we, we know you have great car control and we know you got great spotters and equipment. So I think some of this right here, even though it makes good dialogue, I, I wouldn't be one bit worried if I was a race car driver. All right. Well, each week on the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters, we give you a chance to go to goprn.com and vote in our poll. And this week's question goes kind of back to our last segment where we started this discussion. Who besides Kyle Larson should try the Indy Charlotte double? And your choices are Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Christopher Bell, with the exception of, well, I mean, Stenhouse and Bell are also, these guys run open wheel stuff all the time. Well, I got an answer. I, I want to see, I want to see an F. Or E, I mean C D E. I okay. want to see all the above. All the above. <laughs> all the above. Oh, there you go. I mean, I think every in the one same of the, race. I think in the same the race. race. Exactly. <laughs> I, I right. think it'd be wonderful right there. Every one of those race car drivers there have the talent and 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 the understanding of what they're getting into, and I think it'd be wonderful to see every one of them say, "Hey, hey, Indy, we're coming." Make Get it a 40 car field. Why do I have it, to stop at 33? Just exactly. Cause they always have. exactly. Just because they always have. Uh, last time we asked you, should Joe Gibbs have given Ty the 18 instead of the 54? And uh, you guys think he should have got stuck in with a 54? Should have stuck in? Should have stayed with a 54, <laughs> which is what he's done. 67%. He's stuck in the 54. He's stuck in the 54. 67% <laughs> said that 
yep, the 54 is the right car number for him. Uh, 33% said he should have gone with the 18. When we come back, Jimmy Johnson's done a little bit of a reversal. Where are you? Where are car 54? Where are you? The headline is written already. We'll be back in a minute. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-583-5345. 800-583-5345. That's 800-583-5345. Want to hear one of our past shows? Visit GoPRN.com. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Hey, I'm Corley Joy for Speedway Children's Charities. The mission for Speedway Children's Charities has remained true since its founding almost 40 years ago. To care for children in educational, financial, social, and medical needs in order to help them lead happy and productive lives. So many children have benefited from our group in the past, but we need your help now more than ever. Our local chapters are more than just fundraisers. They are partners in change, working with a broad range of people and organizations to help children in their communities. Want to make a real difference in a child's life? Start by heading to speedwaycharities.org today. Make a donation, volunteer, or attend one of the dozen fundraising events we host at our chapters. There's so much we can do when we all join together. So let's start today. Again, visit speedwaycharities.org to learn more. I thank you in advance for your help. Follow at PRN Live on Twitter for show news and information. Now more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome back along with Jeff Hammond from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio and Jim Utter from Motorsport.com. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. Well, the reversal that Jimmy Johnson's doing for this year is he's reversing his old number. He's going to be 84 instead of 48. So that'll, that ought to keep fans happy, right, Jeff? No. <laughs> I mean, you know, okay. you know, the, the you reversing the, the reversing the number and moving it up further. Okay, the thing you got to double whammy. Yeah, it is a double whammy because you know you got to understand. Unfortunately for Jimmy, just like anybody, any other race car driver, when you defect and you say I'm done, they take you for your word. <laughs> I mean, you know, and they don't have a, a basically you know return to the individual you know when found. I mean, once it's taken, it's taken. I mean, I think that's the the whole gist of the program and the way everything worked i mean i remember when daryl walter you know got rid of his team all of a sudden the 17 got away from him you know he wanted the 17 number back and he couldn't get it so you know he wound up racing into his career in a totally different number i think it was 95 or something like that but 
the main thing is for Jimmy is at least they were able to get something that he can have at least a play on words with. And I think that, you know, the idea that Mike Beam was kind of floating around a 49 when it's seven times seven equals 49, that would be cool to do. So, I mean, everybody's looking for a way to spin that number that you happen to have on your car to make it sell T-shirts. Make it sell hats. Make it get people like Jim Utter to write articles about, you know? I don't know how he's going to set his alarm clock because he used to always set his alarm clock at what, whatever 48. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you said yeah, it, whatever 84. 8.4 minutes after the hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it was funny because the, the, when, John, when uh, Jimmy uh, announced that, um, I did an interview with him uh, a few hours after he was on the Today Show, and I said, man, because it was uh, a busy, it was just like suddenly it was a busy week of Jimmy Johnson stuff. You know, it was the new name of the organization, his car number. They've made some leadership changes over at the organization, and I was on the phone with him, and and I was like, I was like, writing about Jim. I'm just writing about Jimmy Johnson every day in NASCAR. He's like, I said, it seems like it was like ten years. I'm, I feel like it's ten years ago. He says, well, I hope you're not having PTSD or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good, you know. I personally. I never would have envisioned seeing Jimmy um, come back in this manner. Um, not just continuing to race. That's not the part that surprises me. But his first, the ownership role that he has in Legacy Motor Club, but how he has uh, just totally gone, dived all in into uh, being a part of the uh, ownership group, taking uh, a role in, in uh you know, in making improvements and changes, uh, wants, I mean, who could be a better role model for the two younger drivers that they're going to have in the cup series. And it's, it's, but it's just never a thing that I don't know why I just never could see or envisioned Jimmy Johnson as the ownership guy, but, uh, he certainly has fully embraced it in, in doing so. And, uh, it's, it's kind of cool that he actually left went and, and did something that he wanted to do, uh, you know, uh, as Jeff said, had the guts to go out and perform in an IndyCar, uh, probably didn't do as well as he liked or, or we thought he should or, w or could, uh, but comes back and now he's fully immersed himself back in NASCAR again, including driving. Um, again, another big plus for the, for the sport, I think. How do you like the name Legacy Motor Club for the team name? Well, I think it kind of sums up, you know, really what their the main spirit is. I mean, the driving forces are two legends in the sport of NASCAR. So it, it really makes sense. I mean, it, it gives them, a, you know, uh, I think a name that everybody can understand uh, how a legacy has been built by Richard Petty, now continued by Jimmy Johnson. And I think that the fact that GMS and, and Maury Gallagher and, and Mike Beam you know, they're, they're smart enough right now to realize what they have and I guess in their grasp. Mm -hmm. And that is two people that ha will have redefined what racing and what championships are all about in Jimmy and Richard. So hopefully, you know, this will give Richard Petty uh, a, a spark when it comes to, to his involvement with this organization. I mean, last year was a pretty good shot in the arm with, with Darlington and Eric Jones, you know, winning it there. And now you got Jimmy coming back on board, uh, bringing Noah Gregson in. I think that you've got some somebody that's almost like an un, unbridled uh, force 
to go with these guys. So, I mean, I think that Richard and, and Jimmy both, if they can uh, mentor and coach and do what they can do for these guys, man, I think the sky's the limit. And we could see a breakout year by this, this team, this organization. Going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. All right, when we come back, we got kind of a plethora of things to talk about. We'll kind of throw it all out on the table. So stay with us. You wash the outside, clean the inside, and make sure maintenance is up to date. Pamper your car's engine and fuel system by adding ZMAX Microlubricant. Using the fluids as a carrier to reach internal parts, ZMAX literally soaks in the metal, dispersing harmful carbon buildup. This helps improve performance, extend engine life, and reduce emissions. Get ZMAX today at ZMAX.com or your local auto parts store. Hi, this is PRN's Brett McMillan. You know, you don't spend your life just sitting around, so what you need is PRN's mobile app. By downloading the mobile app, you can listen to our live race broadcast from anywhere. Make sure you don't miss a second of the action from the track. If you download it today, you get station listening and on-demand access to your favorite studio shows like Fast Talk, Pit Reporters, or Garage Pass. Get all the latest racing information at your fingertips with the PRN mobile app. Download today. Available at the Apple App Store and on Google Play. We've got more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. What kind of season is he having? Is he having a great season? Okay, good, really good, greater than or less than? As soon as Ross came out of the care center and started talking, he immediately wanted to package this as, now we're even. Teams are doing everything they can to find an advantage with this car. I still think the normal cream rises to the top now when it comes to road racing. Hi, this is Doug Rice. Join me every Monday night for Fast Talk. The grassroots is where the hometown heroes of Friday and Saturday nights are and where the future stars of NASCAR are made. First career win for James Friesen in the Tass Racing Sportsman Series. From Eldora to Knoxville, Jennerstown to Lawrence County. Follow PRN's At The Track on Twitter and hear PRN's At The Track each week on broadcast radio stations, the free PRN app, or at goprn.com. PRN's At The Track, relentless passion for grassroots racing. Download our free mobile app to listen to the show and more great PRN content on the go. Now, back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. And hey, welcome back along with Jim Utter from Motorsport.com, Jeff Hammond from SiriusXM Radio. I'm Brett McMillan. Glad to have you with us. Uh, a couple of quick things. Uh, NASCAR has approved, Jim, uh, a fire resist, or uh, not approved, but what they have said now is a new rule that all drivers must wear an approved fire resistant head sock, helmet, uh, uh, skirt, and then un- <laughs> they got approved underwear. Not <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> they have to wear underwear. It has to be approved underwear. NASCAR approved It's fire underwear. resistant and socks. I don't want to be the one checking to make sure they're wearing underwear, <laughs> but this, uh, this is all. And I, and I think, you know, this all in the, in the, in the name of safety. Right. And I mean, if I recall, I believe it was all stuff that was said was recommended in the rule book, just not required until now. But I can't imagine there was probably that many people who weren't uh, utilizing most, if not all of it, 
but uh, with some of the instances that we've seen recently, particularly with fires, uh, I mean, I can understand doing that. You don't want to take any chances. And I think, too, there's an extra effort to make sure that the stuff that people are using already is up to date because uh, there were some questions, I think, in a couple instances that um, that someone may have gotten burned because they were wearing an old fire suit that had holes in it and something. And uh, so, I mean, it's one thing to have equipment, but it needs to be up to date and functional in order to make it work. Yeah, and that's something that I don't think people realize that you know, with the clothing, Jeff, that it it can become less fire resistant over time. Yeah, I mean, when you go to clean a uniform, you just can't take it to your local uh, dry cleaners and get it dry clean because as that solvent cleans dirt out, it takes a lot of the the properties that have been wove into the material itself to try to protect the driver. And then going back to what you guys are talking about as far as the uh, uh, underwear is concerned, a lot of the drivers were doing, you know, multiple layer suits rather than wearing the underwear. And they have, you know, since believed that, you need kind of like both. You really need the underwear as well as the, uh, the uniform itself. And then you throw the helmet skirt with a head sock. Now you've gotten yourself really as most, uh, a better protected than just running, wearing the skirt. Cause once the skirt gets a, a hole in it or it gets an air gap, that's where the flames are going to run to. You wear the head uh, sock on top of that. If it gets up inside there, it gives you that much more protection. And that's really what they're looking at. And after, you know, some of the fires we've seen in, in recent years, Jeremy Clemenson, not Jeremy Clements, but, um, oh, shoot, the boy got burnt. Um, well, Xfinity well, driver. <laughs> yeah. driver, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when, when you get somebody, you go back and they, NASCAR will break down what happened. And if it's even if it's in, a, uh, in a crew situation, if there's a pit road fire and guys that are not protected properly, they're going to make you do something the next time by to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So that's my whole point is NASCAR is making these rule changes because they've seen a need for it and they're going to, they're going to step forward and make sure that you follow the, the rule. And as far as the helmets go, you have to produce that helmet the day that you get to the racetrack so they can look at it and know that what you're getting ready to put on your head and the Honda device are all within date and code. Uh, also, Daytona has announced that uh, for the eighth straight year, Jim, it's going to be sold out for the 500. The grandstands are sold out. Uh, camping is sold out. So, hey, you know what? Uh, folks that uh, were ready to pronounce NASCAR uh, on the downslope and uh, dead. Uh, for the eighth consecutive season. the eighth season. consecutive <laughs> season. Yeah. They, uh, it, it, it isn't. They, they overspoke uh, a little bit early. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that. I mean, this is particularly, I'd probably be one of the earliest, I think, uh, in recent years, um, especially with the camping as well, because uh, um, we've, they've, in the past, they've announced grandstand sellouts uh, earlier, and then there's generally been uh, other options still available. But uh, that was certainly a good sign. Um, I did a story uh, recently uh, talking to um, Patrick Rogers of NASCAR and the gentleman that works a gentleman that works over the LA Coliseum Authority, and they're excited about uh, the clash. Expect to have similar numbers as this as this past season. And an interesting tidbit for them is that so far, fifty percent of their ticket sales are people who didn't go to the clash last year. Wow! Which is, um, you know, for them, is kind of a good sign of taking advantage of people who saw something that interested them and didn't take the opportunity last year. And since it's coming back they're going to do it this time. So, I mean, those, I think both are good signs. 
Oh, speaking of the clash, Jeff, uh, you know, you always talk about what are your favorite trophies that you've won and, and like over the years. Mm-hmm. But one thing NASCAR is going to do at the clash this year, you know, you're at the LA Coliseum, which is of course, well known for hosting Olympics. They're going to do podium finishes, the top three and give medals, a gold, bronze and silver medal or red, white, and blue medal. I don't know. However, they're going to do that, I but think they're, they're going to give, they're going to, they're going to give medals instead as, as part of the victory ceremony. Well, anyway, you it's look a theme. at it, it's it's a theme, but at the same time, it, it's a part of your memory that, you know, now you got something to hang up in your trophy case and show your kids and grandkids as, as you, you know, move along. And there is a significance and a value to going out there and putting an effort into what you're doing. And I think, you know, I got to applaud NASCAR a year ago. I was scratching my head, but after the watching the results and how great the racing was and how good the crowd was, it's like, you know, whatever they figured out, Let's give them a you know, big pat on the back, and let's go back and try it again. And now to your point, with what we're hearing already, it may be on well on its way to, to being more spectacular and bigger than what it was a year ago. That's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, they are gold, yeah. silver, and bronze, and then they have red, white, and blue ribbons attached to them. I, I mean, gold's pretty high these days. It, that's a pretty good prize. I think he said gold-plated. Oh. <laughs> Leave it to Hammond. <laughs> white flag laps ahead stay with us Hey, Pack Rat. Yeah, you. Are you moving cross country and you just don't know who to call? Call us right now. Listen, you've probably seen one of our containers in your neighborhood, but did you know that we can help you move anywhere in the United States? It's real simple. We'll drop a container off at the location you tell us to bring it to. You pack up your valuable possessions at your leisure. They stay safe right in your home. And when you're ready, call us. We'll come and pick up the container and give you a scheduled date of when you're furniture and the other possessions will be at your new home so if you're moving across country or across town be a pack rat join the pack rat family call pack rat right now for your free quote see y'all later pack rats 800-876-3515 that's 800-876-3515 more of the o'reilly auto parts pit reporters in a moment this is prn the performance racing network Paul Shadden Charlotte with Kathy Martindale in Nashville on the Performance Racing Network. This is Z-Max Racing Country Classics. Let's head to Charlotte now and join Paul with Chase Elliott. Tell me this, you know, growing up as Bill Elliott's little boy, did you know Rick Hendrick at all? The first time I ever spoke a word to him was when I was about 15 and we were just talking racing. Z-Max Racing Country Classics. Mike Rowe here with a gentle reminder that civilization is held together by pipes, wires, and cables. It's true. There are over 5 million miles of gas lines, power lines, fiber optic lines, water lines, and sewer lines all buried beneath your feet. And every 60 seconds, somebody digs into one. Look, if you're thinking about digging around, do yourself a favor and call 811 first just to find out what's down there. Trust me, you don't want to find out the hard way. Call or click 811 before you dig and visit safeexcavator.com for more info.
Get your short track racing fix with PRNs at the track. Visit GoPRN.com. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. And hey, welcome back. It's time now for our white flag laps. And first up from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, it's Jeff Hammond. Well, Brett, you know, this is one of those times we talk about the final lap. Well, folks, guess what? We're getting ready to make the first lap of the season. And just 30 more days, we're going to be making laps around probably the Coliseum at L.A. And it's going to be exciting once again. I can't wait to see the improvements these teams have made, some of the little nuances that were giving us a fit early on in 2022 if they're gone. This racing, when we get to the Coliseum, could be spectacular and off the chain. It'll be interesting to see whether or not Joey Logano can, you know, defend his title, or could we see a new face, maybe a new face from a new place. And I'm talking about whether it be Tyler Reddick or it be Kyle Larson. I mean, Kyle Larson. Kyle Bush over to Richard, Richard Childers Racing. This year has got a lot of opportunity for somebody to turn their career around or add to it, and that's what I'm really excited about. All right, I like it, or to have somebody drop, do a mic drop and walk off with a championship into retirement. That could be a good one. Yeah, there you go. Next up from motorsport.com, Jim Utter. Uh, along those lines, in a way, uh, one of the things that have, that I, that's really, um, I think has been a, a really big plus for NASCAR in, 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 as we've watched these drivers, uh, several of them start to wind their careers down in recent years, uh, the more and more often that we see them return to NASCAR in a in some fashion, uh, you have Tony Stewart, who's remained a, an active uh, co-owner, uh, became a co-owner while he was still driving. Um, you have now Jimmy Johnson going to return as a co-owner. Uh, Kyle Busch, for the the longest time, has been an owner uh, within NASCAR, and I expect maybe when he's done with his driving career, he'll probably maintain that in some fashion. Uh, having the drivers and the stars that people have continuing to show interest and playing an active role in NASCAR, uh, much like Richard Petty has for, for, you know, ever since he stopped driving to me helps bridge the past with the future. And right now looking at a lot of the names that you see morphing into this, into these new roles, and what Kevin Harvick is going to do after he's done racing, to me, shows the future is pretty bright for NASCAR. All right. I like it. Well, let's take a second and do a little timeline reality check. I think it's always good for everybody to do these occasionally, especially when one wants to talk about where a sport should or shouldn't be heading. In the last few months, we've had Kurt Busch announce he was stepping away from full-time racing, and Kevin Harvick announced that 2023 will be his last year as a driver in the Cup Series. Kurt was the last full-time driver to have raced against Dale Earnhardt in the Cup Series. Harvick replaced Earnhardt at RCR. That's now 22 years. There are now young adults who have graduated from college who hadn't been born the last time Dale Earnhardt drove a car. You want to take it a step further? Besides Jeff and I, there may not be 100 people still working in the sport who were working in it when Richard Petty last won his race in 1984. So if you're one of those folks who want to tell NASCAR to pump the brakes on going after a younger demographic and keep things the way they are or going back to the way things used to be, well, maybe you need to pump the brakes and do your own timeline reality check to remind yourself just how long that you've been a fan. Thanks a lot for being with us, Jim. Jeff, we'll talk to you next week. 
The O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network was presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.